Welcome to Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald. Hey, that's me. Hi, and welcome to Positive Talk. Our show features the best positive stories and people from around the globe as we endeavor to answer the universal question of why am I here and what is my purpose? Understanding that can change everything and knowing your greatness is fundamental to living your best life. So join us right now as together we work to create the adventure of our lifetime. You know, and one of the adventures of my lifetime will be to do a little bit of traveling. Perhaps I might even go to England. I might even go to Scotland. I'd love to go to Scotland. It's a wonderful place I am and all that stuff. And in fact, we have a gentleman, and I apologize. My Scottish accent is terrible, um, and you know that. Uh, but I'm excited because Simon McDonald, McDonald is here. Um, I'm a McDonald. He's a McDonald. So theoretically, we should be mortal enemies. But we, I think we have a common ancestry, and it's a lot of fun. So um, I'm looking forward to talking to Simon. He is a um, television host. He's a uh, keynote speaker. He is a what they call is a television presenter, and we'll talk about that. And uh, he's also on uh, USA Global TV and radio in the United Kingdom. It's a news and cultural show. And so I'm, I'm welcome to the show, young man. I'm, and I'm really glad that you're here. And uh, um, how I, we were talking before we begin, how cold is it there? It's a little bit chilly tonight. It's down about uh, minus 10, which is, I think, around about 18 Fahrenheit in your, in your language. But, uh, yeah, if it gets any colder, I'll need to go and put a jersey on. <laughs> <laughs> Does it, I, and I asked you before, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Does it do that every winter? Is it that cold sometimes? Oh, it tries. It tries very hard. I mean, I've, I've known it to be down minus 15, minus 16 uh, over here in the winter as well. Uh, at that stage, you do have to put a jersey on. <laughs> <laughs> so now... The opposite side of that. What's it like in the summertime? Is it is it nice and and wonderful? Uh, yeah, yeah, it goes up to just above freezing. It's very nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we've had. Uh, you know, we're getting into the uh, maybe the the low twenties, which is what into the seventies, maybe eighties uh, Fahrenheit. So uh, it's very pleasant. Oh, very Except good. For you. One thing, one right. thing we got here as well, which is called the midge. And the Highland Midge makes mosquitoes just look like absolute puppy dogs. They really do. But uh, the Midge, oh, they bite. They've got ferocious bites. They're about 90% teeth, and the rest of it is no brain. <laughs> How big are these things? Um, they're, they're tiny. I mean, they, you know, they're, they're actually quite difficult to see. They are so small. But if you kill one, a hundred of them turn up to the funeral, you know, and they're all savage. <laughs> They're out to get you. Oh, they're... absolutely, definitely, yes, yes. I mean, in the old, uh, going back into the Jacobite days of around 1745, thereabouts, the, uh, and I don't mean uh, PM, I mean the year 1745, <laughs> when the, uh, the, the the English redcoats were coming up and uh, trying to stop us from uh, being revolting. <laughs> or being rebels, <laughs> trying to be polite now. And uh, so to extract any information of the cotton English uh, soldier, then they'd uh, strip him naked and try to tie him to a tree. 
uh, within 30 minutes, you would go insane. Totally. I mean, you really lose it completely. So they get all the information they wanted. So that's uh, yeah. <laughs> so we decided not to eradicate the midge. We've kept them since. <laughs> Just in case the British come back. Just in case the English try to come back. Yes, that's it. <laughs> so tell me, what's it like living in in Scotland? Are the pubs as wonderful as I hear, and and the people as friendly? Oh, I mean, they are. They're 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 really really friendly. If they like you, they won't spit you out. You know, they're they're exceptionally nice people here. Uh, very laid back. You know, you know, tomorrow. Well, well you know, if we put it off to tomorrow, then the next day will do fine. And uh, they, uh, you know, a lot of us quite enjoy our drink. I mean, we're producing uh, a lot of whiskey here as well. There's over fifteen hundred different labels of whiskey come out of Scotland. Uh, and we're growing salmon as well. It's the uh, it's actually the salmon, uh, fresh salmon, is the biggest um, the biggest uh, food export uh, that the the UK has. It's all farmed in Scotland, most of it on the west coast here. So it's big business. Now, are those king salmon or silvers or, uh, or... Atlantic Atlantic yeah. salmon? Yes. I, yes, I didn't know because I'm from it. We're on the west coast of the United States. Yeah, so and you've so got we have king salmon and all sorts there. Yes. Yeah, we have king salmon and silvers, but I hadn't heard of uh, Atlantic salmon. Are they? Is it a different breed? Do you have any idea what? The, what the uh, well, it's, it's actually the most prolifically farmed salmon in the world. And uh, I mean, salmon farming, there's salmon actually farming Atlantic salmon in the Pacific now off the coast of Chile. Uh, and they're farming it in Japan and they're farming it all over the world. At, uh, Tasmania's big, big salmon farms there, it's all Atlantic salmon that's being done there as well. So it's, it's huge business. And Norway is uh, probably about the biggest producer in the world. Uh, but uh, Norway might be the biggest, but Scotland's the best. The quality of Scottish salmon is is something else. <laughs> Just like is isn't that where Scotch whiskey came from? The the term Scotch didn't that come from Scotland? It or is I... yes, absolutely, it is um, yes. And uh, the the only thing that's allowed there are two th two items that are allowed to be have the the the, the prename of of Scotch. One is whiskey, and the other is the Scotch egg. Which is uh, an egg, which is coated in, uh, in in mincemeat, and then breadcrumbs around there, and then it's deep fried. It's actually very, very tasty, and uh, that's that's allowed to be called Scotch egg. Uh, Scotch, Scotch egg. whiskey, yes. And it's, it's so it's an egg that's that's deep fried, basically. Yes, but it's 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 co covered with with mincemeat first, uh, the, the the egg. So you, you've got a the hard boiled egg. Uh, you you take the shell off it, and then you coat it in the mincemeat, and then breadcrumbs, and then deep fry it. Delicious. Okay, now I haven't been there yet. So, what exactly is mincemeat? Is it just beef that is uh, chopped minced up? Beef. Yeah, minced beef or minced minced lamb uh, as well. Depends which which you prefer. Oh wow! So is it now? Is that egg? Kind of serve for breakfast? Is it um, uh, just an appetizer kind of thing, or a dinner entree? That's a pretty big appetizer. Uh, it's it, it, it's a good snack food if you're out in the hill or you know out, out for a long walk and you're taking a packed lunch with you. A Scotch egg is uh, you know that'll keep you going. It'll keep you going for quite a while. And you've got to walk a little bit further because it 
puts the weight back on too. <laughs> I'm trying to lose now. Christmas Christmas was is the time of overindulgence in the food world. So yeah, yeah it is indeed. I, I had to I had to support our suppliers. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, you also do. Uh, um, you're you're a food guy, like I'm a food guy. Yes, yes. There's something about McDonald's, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> Apparently, there is. But, yes. but you make things that are much more sophisticated. I'm looking at uh, some sea a seafood dish that you do, which is really looks wonderful. Then is that is that uh, crawdads? What what are those? Uh, I, I do all sorts of fish dishes, and uh, you know I love cooking with fish. It's, it's actually very simple to cook with fish. People tend to get quite sort of frightened and scared about the idea of uh, of, of uh, cooking with fish, but uh, me, no, I love it, absolutely love it, and uh, you know work with it all the time. But um, yeah, they, you know, with, with fish as well. I used to have a smokehouse, and uh, I, one of the things I did as well, just thinking about McDonald's and their claim to having fast food, uh, I claim to having faster food than McDonald's chain. I did smoked scallops, which I supplied onto Concord. Now, 1,500 miles an hour, that's fast food. <laughs> McDonald's can't keep up with that one. <laughs> oh, the, that would be, those. how did you, uh, so those are scallops, how did you prepare them? Uh, they well, the scallops first they're uh, you know taken out the shell, then they're uh, brined a 30% brine just for about four minutes, just to give it you know give that little bit of stabilization stabilization with the salt, then rumbled in, in uh, some olive oil and then put on a tray and roast smoked. So they come out actually cooked from it as well. They are just golden and delicious, really, really lovely. Oh, that would so, so that would. So they serve that on the Concorde while the Con for those of you that don't know, the Concorde was a supersonic jet that went back and forth from um, Europe to it no longer exists now. It, and I don't even know why. Do you know why the Concorde uh, ceased to run? It was it because yeah, of the, the, uh, the, the, the French. Oh, there we go. It's time there. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the French managed to prang one. Uh, yeah, they 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 had a, they, they had an accident with the uh, with one the French Concorde. So uh, that was uh, you know that was decided after that. Then they had to remodel the uh, the engines, and then they felt right. Okay, time time's up now. Uh, time to move on. And I, I feel that civilization took a step back when they uh, they, they, they they stopped flying Concorde. I mean, she had a magnificent aircraft, uh, way ahead of her time, and uh, just just an extraordinary, extraordinary plane. And so sad to see her no longer flying. Well, and, and couldn't she make the Atlantic trip in like some ridiculous time, like four hours or three hours or something? Yes, yeah. I mean, half the time of uh, your jumbo jet or any of the other planes that are doing transatlantic flights. So very, very fast. She was very comfortable. Um, she was quite cramped as well. I mean, needless to say, I mean, something that's, uh, you know, the sort of 
like a, a you know a, a very thin cigar uh yeah <laughs> and very tightly cramped but uh you know they, they knew how to, how to look after you on board there and the food was very good uh the way they dished up the scallops there that uh and i'd worked on with a, one of london's leading chefs in the savoy uh hotel on the recipe as to how it was to be served and on concord and uh, they, they they sliced the the meat across the middle and opened it out like two discs and then the the beautiful golden row the, the eggs of it were laid across the front and it looked like a butterfly so there's the aviation connection and then there's a bit of caviar put on and it was beluga caviar on each wing of this butterfly and then a lovely water watercress sauce to go with it and that was how it was presented on concord um, if you liked it if you were to buy one in an Amer buy that dish in an American restaurant, how much would it cost? Oh, um, 25, 30, maybe $40, uh, unless you want to go to, uh, you know, a really nice restaurant, then, uh, you know, you're probably going to be about 50 or $60 for it. Yeah. Well, it's, and <clears throat> with the cost of food these days and, and labor and stuff, it's the, the whole, really the whole industry's changed, but it's, it's yeah. expensive. Uh, but that that sounds wonderful. How did you get into cooking? Hunger. <laughs> <laughs> Had to eat something. <laughs> <laughs> and so you might as well cook it if you're going to eat it. That's it. Yes. Well, I mean, my mother was a, a, a very good cook. She was cordon bleu cook. And, uh, you know, I just really took to it uh, from there. Just, uh, I, you know, I've always enjoyed enjoy enjoy playing with the food and you know as a kid you, you know you play with the food you get into trouble for it well now i can play with the food and do it legitimately and get praised for it so it's, it's turning the world around a bit oh exactly now i'm reading in your bio that you have cooked and uh and chefed and stuff for for all kinds of people including royalty uh is there any uh names you'd care to draw uh well from five royal households uh including our own, uh, for you know, quite a number of our own royals. Um, the late King Hussein of Jordan was actually a regular customer of mine uh, when I had my, my smoking business. And he, where, where my smoking business was, it was right out in the, right out in the sticks. It was in the, in the, in the wilds of the West Highlands. Uh, and it, when I say remote, it would cost me, uh, well, it, it cost me five gallons of petrol to go and buy 10 gallons of petrol, basically, or gas. <laughs> so that was quite, quite remote. But, uh, you know, King Hussein, he, he, he used to call the Inverlochy Castle near Fort William, where it was based, uh, he'd call it his Highland home. And uh, I got introduced to him once I was taking some produce into smoked salmon into Inverlochy Castle. And I got a phone call from the, the manager there and he asked me, uh, you know, would I mind if he brought out a, a special visitor to uh, to see my smoking business? So I thought, fine, okay. So about an hour later, this Rolls Royce arrives up at the door and this uh, very little man with a huge persona that walked in. He's one of these very small people. He walks into a room and fills it, you know, you know type character. And uh, he, you know, immediately recognised who it was, and he he was delighted being in the West Highlands because he could walk about and not worry about, you know, the security was, you know, he didn't worry about things like that. He just loved that part of the world. So, uh, you know, he came into the smokers several times after that, and we got really quite chatty and quite friendly. And there was <laughs> there was one day he came in, 
and uh, I, I was slicing some salmon, and they had a little glass viewing panel from the uh, shop, from from the smokehouse shop, through onto the production floor, and I was busy concentrating slicing the salmon, and there's this knock, knock, knock on the window, and I looked up, and oh. Good morning, hello. Uh, and so he said, "You know, can I come through?" And I said, "Yes, yeah, certainly." And he was watching what I was doing. So he said, "Do you think I could try this?" So I said, "Certainly." So I showed him how to slice the salmon, and he actually did it extremely well. In the meantime, as I was busy showing him this, there was a customer came into the smokehouse shop, and they were looking through the window, and they were sort of looking sort of rather sort of yeah, sort of pointing sort of that. <laughs> so I went through. I said, "Can I help you?" She said, "Yes." I said, I said that, "That looks like King Hussein of Jordan." I said, "Oh yes, it is." And uh, says, what, what, "What's he doing slicing salmon in in, in in a factory?" I said, "Well, the economy in Jordan's gone down the drain these days, and he hasn't got a part-time job to try and sort it out." Well, this couple they sort of left the left the place sort of thinking, "What the heck's going on?" I went in and told, told King Hussein about this, and he just roared with laughter. So I think it, it's been brought up at several dinner parties since as well. So he he was one of the uh, you know, one of the royals that I, I, I'd uh, cooked for, and well, I've you, also done a couple of your U.S. presidents as well. So uh, yeah, <laughs> you 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 <laughs> you. <laughs> Cooked for the rabble of the presidency? Absolutely, yeah. I'm not telling you which one, but it was one that at least had, you know, the, the two had, both had a sort of reasonable appreciation of good food. <laughs> oh, let's see. Okay, couldn't have been, well, it could have been Clinton, I suppose. Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, but, you know, now, did, did you come to the States to do that, or did they stop by while they were just wandering around the countryside? They just happened to be happened to be in the UK uh, doing something else at the time. And I was, at that time, I was, I was doing a charity event at the, the American Embassy in London. And uh, so, you know, on two occasions, there was, there was visits from US presidents at that time. So it all just sort of, they happened to be there. So finished up. You know, having to put on my very clean whites and strut my stuff for them as well, and introduce them to some good Scottish fish recipes. Ah, uh, were they interested in good Scottish scotch as well? Um, well, I can't comment on that, but they certainly enjoyed the fish, <laughs> <laughs> and they enjoyed my smoked cheese because there was some of it started going back and forward uh, or back to uh, to the states to the to the White House, so it must have gone down all right. So I got to ask you, because you have got, I imagine, sitting down having a, a glass of something with you, you'd have stories upon stories upon stories. How did you get to be around so many interesting people? And because you're a very interesting fellow yourself, and you've got a children's book out. How, how did you get all this together? What What is your background? What is your story? Oh, goodness. I mean, I wear so many hats in this life. I mean, you just wouldn't believe it. I, 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 could, I really need a whole milliner's shop to, to put a different one on each time. Uh, you know, I've got the book, yes. I do my television presenting and radio work, and, uh, and here I am on your show as well, which is great fun. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, and I'm involved in a regular Wednesday afternoon show on USA Global TV, which I did today. And uh, yesterday I did another show for uh, you know for which was sort of 
joint US and South Africa. And so, uh, yeah, that side that keeps me quite busy. But in between times, my uh, other day job of many, I'm just trying to see how far down the list I am now. Uh, <laughs> I'm a consultant in fisheries and aquaculture and in, uh, in food processing as well. So I've got projects at the moment running. I've just got a new one starting up in Switzerland. I've got another one working in the States. I've got one in Kenya and uh, one in Zambia. And then there's one coming up in Ghana as well. So, yeah, <laughs> I like to keep myself busy. <laughs> well, there's a couple in Scotland as well, which I think they're sort of for the more for the end of the year. So, yeah, I keep myself really busy. I enjoy it, love it, and I don't want to retire. Uh, I think... You know, the great thing is I look forward to a Monday morning. If you don't look forward to Monday morning, it's time to hang that hat up and get out of it and retire. So I've got a lot of hats to go through yet. <laughs> <laughs> or put that hat down and pick up another hat. That's the, that's the way to do it. Yeah. So every day is a blast. I mean, it's just something new. I mean, you know, I have some juggling things in the air all the time. I'm doing half a dozen different jobs in one day. And, uh, you know, people have said, why don't you retire? And then other people say, oh, don't retire, Simon, because you think you're busy now. Just wait till you retire. Then you'll know what busy is all about. So I thought, okay, I'm busy enough now. I'll keep on doing what I'm doing. <laughs> well, and you do so much, and you are so helpful to so many people that that it's, it's – so I, I got to ask you, I know you've got a children's book out, and it's a, it's a rhyme book and, and stuff, but when is the, the uh, bio, biography coming out? What my biography? Oh, oh I, yes, I, sir. You got lots of stories. I won't have time to write it. <laughs> too long. It'll interfere with all the other ones I've got on the go. Uh, because with uh, the book I've got out just now, A Rhyme and Time, which is uh, you know new nursery rhymes for children, uh, and it's written really from the, ch the, the child's perspective. Uh, rather than an adult writing for a child, I've tried to be the child writing for the child and writing for adults as well. So uh, the adults are acting. I think the adults are getting more pleasure secretly out of this book than the kiddies are. <laughs> because I keep on getting calls and emails and so on coming in to say, you know, we love this book and so on. You know, unfortunately, we've got to give it to the grandkids eventually. <laughs> Well, you, you know that that is the sign of a really good author who can who can touch generationally. That it is as it is as much fun for the adults because they get it a little bit differently than a, a young person and than a kid would, but they yeah. still are engaged by it. That's really cool. Well, well, they do as well because I mean I illustrated it as well as as writing it. So I've sort of done. You know, done, but I can't delegate, you know, I can't do the lot. So, so I wasn't going to pass the illustrating side to somebody else when I could have the fun of doing it myself. And it's great escapism doing this because, you know, it takes my mind off absolutely everything as well when you're writing these and when you're doing the drawings and it's caricaturish type drawings so the adults can relate to the drawings and the, and the paintings as much as the children can as well. So it just makes it all the more enjoyable. And I've been, yes. getting, I've been getting videos being sent to me. Uh, grandpa sitting on the sitting on the couch with the the grandkids around and and, and reading reading out some of the poems. And then it, you know you can hear his voice going down. And he turns another page and so on. And the kids says, "What? What? What? what, what tell me about this." Yeah, Shh, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this. So they've become totally engrossed in it. <laughs> 
Oh, that, that, the dog that sitting is... on the floor. The dog sitting on the floor, looking up like this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what a what a family setting that is. That, <laughs> that's, and that has to make your heart warm because you're bringing people together multi generationally of grandparents reading to their grandkids and and stuff. That's that's got to make you feel good. And was that your intention when you started? Uh, no, I didn't know anything about publishing or anything. I thought, what am I going to do with this? You know, and it's, it's lay, lay in a drawer for ages. And then uh, it was uh, Diane Floyd Bain was uh, an award-winning uh, author from America. And uh, she's also uh, co-host on the, the show I'm on, on on USA Global TV. And we got talking one day before a show about writing. And I said, oh, I've written this children's book. And she said, oh, read me a poem so i so i read her read her a couple of them because they're, they're short to keep the attention span of the, the of the little ones and i said God, this is amazing so why haven't you had this published I, said, I wouldn't even know where to start so she said right i will put you in touch with a really good publisher so that was it we got in touch with norm's triad Pub publications and uh they we had an online call and said oh really you know read us a couple of poems and they were just enthralled with it and said we've got to publish this we're you know we'll, we'll do it and so that was it it was then that was the end, end of september i think i spoke to them uh the book was published and brought out on the 10th of november so it was pretty quick oh wow uh, but it was just that uh, there's just an incredible feeling it's a euphoric feeling when you know that i was handed my first copy of the book in print. I thought, well, uh, you know, it's a feeling that you really can hardly describe. It is, it's, it's an incredible feeling. It's, so, it's, it's like having a child or in some other. It's, it's amazing. So I thought, well, I've got to do another one of these. So I was working on another one. Uh, and in between times, I've got another one, which is a slightly different uh, tack altogether. Um, and that's a, a book actually about my father's uh, wartime experiences. He was at the Battle of Casino, uh, you know, towards the end of the of World War Two, and uh, he he wrote. He, he wasn't supposed to, but he he wrote a diary up of what they were doing, uh, with maps in it and all sorts of things. And it was all handwritten on whatever scraps of paper he could find. Well, I've got all these scraps of paper and I've put them all together. So creating a book on that so one page will have the 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 actual the, the scrap of paper you know written you know with his handwriting on it and the facing page to that will be the the transcription of that because some of his writing is a bit a bit like mine a bit blurry uh so the the reader can then have the choice of really absorbing themselves by reading the uh the handwritten uh you know done on the on, on the day at the uh, on the battlefield or reading the tra transcript and there's various photographs and so on uh, through it as well so it's a slightly different way of writing a true story on the you know on, on wartime experience so again publishers this is something totally different you know this is sounds like a fascinating project so that's it so we've got that one and uh, that one's it's, nearly nearly ready to come out i believe so by, by the way i have to i have to tell you that i've known simon i've known people that have uh, been a children's author and i've known people that have illustrated children's books hmm. i haven't known anybody yet who does 
who has written and illustrated and by the way your illustrations are really top notch uh, to illustrate and to write have you always been um a uh painter or a uh a, a writer or a um I, um, I, I think I think it's signs of a misspent youth, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I gotta believe, my friend, that you haven't misspent a moment in time in your entire life because you've been, you've done so much and you've been so busy. And I gotta ask you, somebody's asking me, what are the pictures behind you, and are they? Um, um, historical uh, pictures, or are they just just? Yes, they, these are uh, they're, 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 they're done by an artist called called Maud Earl. Uh, it's a set of twelve. It's the twelve months, and they're all of uh, of, of working dogs and gun dogs. Uh, and these were painted about eighteen late eighteen forties, eighteen eighteen fifties. Uh, and Maud Earl, she was, uh, you know, a prolific uh, painter of dogs, and in particular, that was her speciality. So she she produced this series of twelve, uh, the twelve months, and there were twenty sets of prints made from them, and she signed each one on the frame as well. That's one of the uh, that's that, that's one of the twenty uh, sets of prints. So very proud of this. They've been passed down. My grandfather had them, and I remember them in his uh, in his gun room, and then in his dining room, and then in my parents' house. They had them in the dining room. So here we are, and this is a dining room. So I've got them in my dining room now, and absolutely loved them. And they've 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 got so many memories, childhood memories for me as well. Oh, so sure. that's it. And Modo, I mean, she was just such a fabulous painter, and just you know, I really really love these paintings. I like well, I'm, I'm glad you myself. <laughs> well, you're you're a fine illustrator, and you did uh, did really nice work on this. So, congratulations to doing all that. Are right, the second children's book? Are you illustrating that as well? Oh yes, yes, absolutely, definitely. Wow. But, uh, that I mean, that's ninety percent of the fun of it. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, was, I was heartened back sort of thinking about my school report cards and I thought, you know, if my English teacher was alive and knew that I'd actually got a book written and published that's selling all over the world, then he'd be just sort of shaking his head and said, no, it's just <laughs> not possible. And my, my art teacher might have sort of said, yeah, okay, that, uh, you know, you could improve that uh, that painting there, you could, you know, you could do something different with that. But the... Uh, the uh, the English teacher would be, his job would be trailing along the ground. I think. <laughs> well, but you know <laughs> that times have changed, and and I'm sure that he, they would appreciate your the the art and the uh, uh, books that you're putting out now. I got to ask you because I, I honestly don't know. Uh, one of these days, I hope to get to uh, Scotland. I would love yeah, to sure. go to Stirling Bridge and and send, because of course you know that's where um, William Wallace had his, um, you know, his moment in, of fame. And uh, where are you in relationship to, what, what's the largest city with that doesn't take like a tank and a half to get to? There, I was going to say there isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Glasgow. Um, Glasgow's about, about two and a half hours drive from here on a good day. Now, with the other thing is your architecture, 
being in Scotland that you've been around a long, 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 long time, you yes. still have buildings that are a thousand years old, don't you? Yeah. Well, this one, uh, I mean, my house here, that was uh, built in the late 1700s. Oh, my gosh. Uh, really? So, yeah. I mean, the walls here are over three feet thick. Um, but we've oh, got hi. some. But, but this area that I live in here, uh, it's called Kilmartin Glen. And, uh, you know, the, this goes back to Neolithic times. We've got some standing, standing stones and monuments and uh, burial grounds here, which are four and a half thousand years old, uh, just outside, <laughs> all around here. It's uh, actually quite a sort of world famous site for that. And uh, going back into those sort of ages, then there, there were more Scottish kings uh, based here, uh, you know, over hundreds of years than, uh, than, than anywhere else. So it's, uh, you know, it, historically a very important uh, area, a little bit before my time. I do say a little bit, but uh, yeah, four and a half thousand years old, it's quite a while. <laughs> that it was a wee bit, just a wee yeah. bit, you know. Just a wee um, bit. <laughs> but if you have a house that's got three feet thick walls, it must hold the heat very well and, and hold the... Uh, the the in the summertime hold the temperature keep it lower and stuff is that would that be true yes yes it does help and it it won't blow away <laughs> <That's for sure. laughs> no because it, it does get kind of drafty here you know? <laughs> but, but you know we expect that you know and they talk you know about in, you know and once you get down to the lights of london if you get a puff of wind over 40 50 miles an hour people are going into a panic you know this is the end of the world up here i mean i remember when i, well, I lived a little bit further north from here before where i had the smokehouse and there was a, a weather station there and there was uh it was a bit of a windy night and uh, there was a gust recorded of 120 miles an hour uh, but the next gust that came through was even stronger, but they couldn't measure it because the first one had blown the wind, wind gauge away. So, yeah. By the way, in, in the United States, they call that a hurricane. Yeah, yeah, we, we call that as, as well. You know, when it gets to that, I start to think about shortening sail on the boat. <laughs> no, you call that a puff of wind. <laughs> I just, I just love that you, you are, you are delightful. I have to yeah. tell you. And if, if I want to see you on TV, I can see you um, on your television network, and that's worldwide, isn't it? Uh, USA Global TV. Yes, it is. And uh, we actually had fun today because uh, it's, it, it, it's normally been done through Streamyard. Now it's gone on to uh, what's it? Wave, uh, wave something or other. And uh, it, it's become very much more technical. I mean, today, you know, it was a crash course and uh, all the, the gizmos that Wave can put up. And it was uh, quite an exciting show today. And, yeah, we're, we're forgiven for the odd, the odd mistake here and there. But that's live shows for you. And I actually I prefer doing live television than, than, than doing recorded because with live, you can have the fun and you just keep the momentum going. And you make a mistake. So what? You know, it makes it more fun. It's called being human, and and we we all are that, and we all I, I get the biggest kick out of podcasters that go well, you know, I take it and then I edit it and I edit all the ums and the ahs and the and the dead dead air and all of that and and it takes me about three days to edit it and and stuff. Well, that's then not really what you did. 
It is a, a it's a caricature of what you did, but it isn't yeah. real, and it doesn't give the feeling of a real, honest to goodness conversation. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, I've been you know, there's there's four of us on uh, on on the, this particular program. It's the UK news and culture, and uh, there's uh, Doctor Doctor Jacqueline Kerbeck. She's the uh, producer and host, and then Diane Floyd Bame, who's a co-host. And then Helen Richard, who covers the, uh, the, the the stuff down south, Englandshire, <laughs> and uh, and I cover things in Scotland. I do go off the beaten track a bit because I did a piece on the White House and another piece on the Pentagon uh, just not so long ago. But uh, today I was doing a piece about the Scottish Parliament, which, uh, you know, oddly enough, it's about the oldest one of the oldest parliaments in the world but it's also one of the newest ones as well because scotland only got uh, its sort of devolved power and its own parliament uh, about 20 years ago so it's very new parliament uh, and the parliament buildings was actually designed by a spanish man in the shape of upturned fishing boats which said quite a bit about the state of the fishing fleet at the time when he designed it but it's a, an interesting building shall we say uh, it's a, you know technically it looks an impossible place and to find your way about in it it is an impossible place but uh, yeah so yeah i enjoy doing that, that as well it's uh you know and the research work into it is great fun and it's all done live so they get all the mistakes and bloopers as well so what it's fun and it's as you say it's human exactly i do i do have to ask you because i'm of course in the united states and we've developed i don't i'm sure that you're aware since you are globally aware we've developed a bit of a regi- re- reputation over the past you know like dozen years or so do people in europe and people specifically in scotland when you're over there having a having a pint over at the pub and you're talking about it do you are do we appear to be as crazy as i think we do to people around the world well, Americans, no, we welcome you. You we need, we need your, you need your money, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, only the good ones go to Scotland. Yeah, I mean, Scot- the the Scots do tend to you know, tend to have a reputation for uh, you know, being slightly sort of mean with their money. But then, if you look at a kilt, there are no pockets in a kilt, so you can't carry the money. That's it. You just got to rely on somebody coming along wearing trousers that's got pockets in it. It's going, might might have some money in it. <laughs> <laughs> and well don't they have the little pouches in front a little a little uh kind of like a little purse that you can yeah, or yes that... called a sporran yes it's to keep your mobile phone in and a hip flask of the whiskey as well so there's not much room for any money in there at the same time oh <laughs> uh, i now i got i gotta ask you because when it's cold out there and when it's in the 30 degrees do you and you do you wear a kilt and then have like uh, a long underwear underneath it or what do you do what in Scotland? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come they, on, we're wimpy Americans. We don't know. <clears throat> you've heard of, you've heard of the expression "the full nine yards." I've heard the expression. I don't know where it came from. Please right. enlighten me. In the kilt, it is nine yards of material in a kilt. Oh. So, and it's quite a heavy material as well. So it keeps you extremely warm in the winter uh, with that amount of material hung around your waist. But in the summer, it's got natural air conditioning. So we've got the best of both worlds. You know? 
Oh, now I, I in the stories I read and and like in Braveheart and stuff, um, guys were willing wearing the kilts, but they didn't wear any undergarments, and then they could raise the kilts and and flash the enemy. Is that is was that a thing or was that Hollywood? Uh, no, actually, it was uh, it was a thing, uh, but there's there's a lot of historical inaccuracies in uh, in, in Braveheart. Uh, there, in fact, I was an extra in Braveheart for a while. You and, were? Uh, yes, a lot of it was filmed around Fort William, where it was, so that uh, you know, I joined in the fun. And uh, again, Mel Gibson was producing it and acting in it. He was. Uh, staying in Verlocky Castle and so he used to come out to the smokehouse as well so we'd chat away and he was by the he liked the smoke salmon so that was it so that you know he said oh, come along and you know we'll get you involved so I mean the in in Scotland the the people who are allowed to wear anything under the kilt are dancers just purely for the sake of modesty um, in the army in the Scots army you know if they're going out on on leave or you know leaving the barracks they walk across the, the guardroom floor and there's a mirror in the floor and the guards are, are looking to make sure that you are properly properly dressed, i.e. you don't have anything on underneath you. So that, but there's just a battle tradition there as well because the, the kilt is actually a relatively modern invention. So a lot in battle, they would uh, they, they just strip off uh, because clothes would get in the way. And uh, yes, you know, so I used to scare the hell out of the English that day. I, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> and there was a famous battle. One of the battles. It was called the Battle of the Shirts because the Scots took everything off, but they kept the shirts on. So it must have been one of these days when you had about minus ten, and they fought just in the shirts. And so the battle was called Battle of the Shirts. <laughs> now, that, that's that's amazing. You you are. I I could spend hours talking to you, especially when. We'll be just talking along, having a nice conversation, and then you'll drop a name like a Mel Gibson. Yeah, Mel Gibson came to the to the smokehouse, and I gave him some smoked salmon and stuff. And and oh no, he bought I, it. He had pockets. Right, he bought it. Yeah. <laughs> but I I do imagine I do imagine that uh, that if somebody were to dig deep down into the stories that you have, that that there are nuggets there that you've totally forgotten about and 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 stuff because you've you've been doing so much and been around so many people in in London and by the way do the Scotch do the Scots you call them Scots right the Scots yes do the Scots do they like the British or are they uh, are the English and Scotland still at arm's length kind of thing. Yeah, well, I mean, the, you know, this is. I mean, you've been a war for them for, the, it's, for it's a thousand years. Law, it's the laws of balance, uh, because I mean, look at Scotland. It's such a beautiful place, and yes. I mean, God made Scotland the most beautiful country in the world. But to balance that out, he said, "Look at the neighbours it gave you." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I have the, to laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, yeah no the, the, the Scots and the English I mean it's well, I suppose we're all British at the end of the day and if you look at our royal family uh, the Queen uh, had got more Scots blood in her and, and uh, King Charles got more Scots blood than English blood in them um, Charles got a lot of German blood and Greek blood and so on as well I mean, in fact if he was a dog he'd look a heck of a mess but uh, <laughs> the but you know her, her, her Majesty the Queen or the late 
the late Queen, uh, and her mother was Scots through and through, and uh, and her father had a lot of Scottish blood in, and that goes back to um, the days of uh, King James the the sixth of Scotland, who also became King James the first of England. So we had a Scottish king in in the lineage there, who was uh, you know the king of Scotland and of England as well, and which created then. Uh, the United Kingdom as we have now. So, uh, you know, so we're all United Kingdom or, or, or Great Britain. I think the way the country is just now, you drop the great bit, you know, we're Britain anyway. So, but in fact, there's a lot of countries like that just now come to think of it. But the, um, yeah, so the, the you know, historically, the, uh, the Queen did have a, a tremendous amount of Scottish blood in her and she loves Scotland, absolutely loves it. King Charles, again, absolutely love scotland and any excuse he, he's up here so uh, yeah it's it's the way they are well one of my favorite people of all time left uh, um london in like 1969 1970 with his new wife whose name was linda and they they bought a, a farmhouse in scotland and they it was just a two-room and that's Paul McCartney I'm talking about. Oh, yes, yes. I, I, no, I, I, that's just down the road from here, down on the Mull of Kintyre. Uh, <laughs> which, yes. he wrote a, which he wrote a major song about uh, that became yeah. a huge hit. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, and they they loved the area. They, as a matter yes. of fact, Linda said, and it was just a small two-bedroom two uh, little, little uh, farmhouse and she said it was her most favorite time. They didn't have any running hot water, and and stuff. But they they had the time of their lives there. Yes, that's it. I mean, they didn't have any running hot water. They had plenty of running cold water when it rained, <laughs> or just about all the time. But uh, yeah, funny enough, I mean, I met uh, I met Paul McCartney down there at the time when he was with Jay Asher. Uh, so that was just pre Linda Linda day and uh, so it was Jane Asher that uh, he was with at that time and I met them in a in, in a pub needless to say in in Campbellton and uh, you know it, it's it, absolutely delightful the pair of them they're really really nice and we uh, we, we sunk a few beers and I uh, thought it maybe it was a better idea to get a taxi back to where I was staying rather than taking the chance of taking the car back. So uh, that was it. Yes, it was exceptionally nice. And it was very, very well liked down there as well. And uh, yeah. <laughs> like, like I said, like I said, you, you've got a book. I got it. And that's going to be a very, very, it might even be a, what, a three-parter or maybe a three, <laughs> three volume uh, because you've, you had, let's see, who else could I bring up that you couldn't possibly have met that you've met? Um, Just don't tell my publisher, don't, don't hint to my publisher about the idea of doing a book like that. <laughs> so, so what is Mick Jagger like? I'm just kidding. No idea. <laughs> Rolling Stone God, there's no moss. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And by the way, we're talking with Simon MacDonald. If you want to go find out more about him, go to Simon Dash MacDonald, and that's M A C rather than mine, which is M C. M A C. There's a theory going back to the reason why you should be M C. And uh, 
it was the, going back to the days of the Highland clearances when the uh, the, the landowners were clearing land to uh, have more sheep because they were more profitable than having people who didn't pay the rent. So uh, there was a huge clearance of uh, of people from the the crofts and farms, and uh, some were sent to Australia, but a lot went to America and a lot went to Canada, and. For the ships carrying these people, of course, it was all under sail then, uh, the, the ship's manifest, there wasn't enough room to write the name out in full. So they would abbreviate it instead of MAC, they just put MC. I had no idea. So, you know, so the, 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 the McDonald's or the McLeod's or whoever that are MC, they're, they're, they're the export models. <laughs> <laughs> We're the ones that were, uh, how you say, uh, uh, the the trash, yeah, <laughs> the trash of the group that didn't pay their rent. And so they sent them off. <laughs> well, yeah, it was, yeah, that's your words, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you knew my family, you, well, never mind. I won't. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to start another civil war. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if somebody would like to contact you for, I don't know, for whatever reason, like to write your biography for you or something, uh, <laughs> Because I, I think you'd it would be gr great fun for your for son for your stories to get out and and stuff. But if somebody wants to contact you, how do they do it? Well, I mean, you've got, you can contact contact me through the website, which is uh, Simon Hyphen McDonald dot com, uh, or email me at uh, McDonald Simon, all one word, uh, at Ymail. That's the letter Ymail dot com. Or try and you, carry a pigeon, you know, this I'm very partial to a bit of pigeon. <laughs> and, and by the way, you also have a YouTube site, which is where you can watch a short uh, um, um, synopsis of nursery rhymes for children. And do you yeah. want people to buy it from you? Do you want them to go to Amazon? Where can they get the book? They can well go to Amazon or uh, Norn's Triad Publications direct. Uh, there's uh, there's quite a few places uh, have it now as well, but Amazon seems to be the popular choice these days. So Amazon.com or Amazon.co.uk or Amazon.co.za or Amazon.co.au or whatever, wherever you are, even in Japan, people are buying it. So any Amazon, just get them there, and it's a rhyme in time. A rhyme in time, and if you go to uh... yeah. You can go to his website, and there is a contact Simon, and so you could find out, you know, like get the recipe for his smoked salmon, and uh, or or one of one of those things. It's it's I got to tell you, it's it's such a it's such a pleasure meeting you and talking with you. You are you're uh, you're simply an awesome awesome man, and uh, well, no, it's a pleasure talking with you. I mean, after all, you are a sort of distant kinsman. Maybe it's a cousin. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, your father got about a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was the one. We were the ones who didn't pay the rent. As they said, no, you're out of here. But you know, the cool thing was, we were not the ones who ended up in Australia. Uh, so we were like um, middle of the road lousy yeah. people, and the, all the convicts went to Australia. Which yes, yes, <laughs> they did. <laughs> Because they had snakes there and spiders, and they said, "Well, we'll send those guys to that place." So yeah, but you've got rattlesnakes over there. We, not where I live. We don't. I'm telling you what, because uh, now it's so cold there. You don't have any uh, vermin like that, except for the, uh, of course, the, uh, um, the uh, uh, mosquitoes that you have. 
Yeah, that uh, we've got adders. The adder is the uh, the, the snake, the snake that bites. And I, I mean, as a kid, I spent a lot of time over the hills. I've only ever seen one adder in my life. At uh, you know, the, in, in South Africa, I lived there for five years, and they've got puff adders there, and they're big. But the adders here are not that not that big, but they've got a heck of a bite. So uh, you know, somebody wants is the adder. You know, forerunner to the pocket calculator, but no, it's nothing to do with it. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's, just nice. it's just an additional creature we have running around, or, or not crawling around, don't they? They don't, they don't run around. They haven't got legs. So it would be a lizard. Then. <laughs> they they slither around. And slither stuff. around. That's that's the word. Yes, but adders the. Uh, I play golf here. Our local golf course, apparently, there's one or two areas there that uh, they say there's there's adders, uh, and that seems to be where I normally lose my golf balls. So I think that's maybe the reason why they sort of say, "Oh, there's adders there," because they know finally go in, they're going to pick a lot of golf balls up, and they're all mine. <laughs> yeah, one time I was playing uh, golf in Louisiana, and it was on the weekend because I was um, I had to stay over. And uh, I played golf with a couple of local guys. And uh, we were out there. And this particular golf course, it was like it was cut out of a jungle. So you had the fairways and stuff. And then you had all the bush and all the, all the jungle there. And, of course, I hooked it right into uh, the, the uh, foliage. And in where I live, you just go get the ball from the foliage. You find it and you put it back on the fairway and go. And as I'm walking, you know, taking my cart and walking over there, one of the guys said, you know, I don't think I'd go over there if I was you. And he said, well, why not? He said, There's all kinds of critters in there that are going to eat you if you go in there. So I'd leave that ball where it is. <laughs> so I did. Yeah. Um, yes. I, I had a, an incident in South Africa as well, but one of the first times I've played in South Africa and I smacked my ball and it hit this tree and it was a real crack and then just dropped straight down below the tree and it rained monkeys. <laughs> dozens of them came piling down out the tree looking for the ball. And the next time I hit a ball into the rough there and the, the, I had one of the local boys there who was caddying for me. He said, no, no, no. Just leave it there. Don't bother going in. I said, what, for the monkeys? I said, no, 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 snakes. I said, right, okay. <laughs> you went. Got it. Got it. That's fine. Thank thank about it. <laughs> I would like to thank you so much for coming on and doing this. I know that it is approaching midnight your time there. And it's you've got... Yeah, you've got places you got to be tomorrow morning and, yeah. and stuff. So I appreciate you staying up a little late and, and talking with us. I would like to end this conversation with you telling our audience anything that you would like them to know about just about anything. Look forward to a Monday morning. If you don't look forward to that Monday morning, change your career. That's uh that's it. But uh, another thing which I've always gone by and stood by, and that is that the sky is not the limit when there are footprints on the moon. Ooh, now there's a bumper sticker and or T-shirt. Yes, I suppose. <laughs> yes, indeed. That that would be one of that would that's say that again. Uh, the sky is not the limit while there are footprints on the moon. And, and of course. In, if you live in the United States, there's a segment of our population that don't believe that they went there. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a worldwide thing. But then there's also a segment 
population that still believe the world is flat. <laughs> uh, can you imagine? I know you've been a world traveler. You know better, and and uh, it just amazes me. But yeah, hopefully, know, it's, it's just that half the journey. I seem to be having to hang on to my seat. <laughs> <laughs> All the blood was rushing to my head. You know? <laughs> exactly. Simon McDonald has been our guest today, and go to his website, simon-mcdonald.com. Uh, I promise you, I want to have you back, but I'll do it at a time where you don't have to stay up till midnight. And I, but I would love to talk to you more. You'll be up at midnight then. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> well, my my son is in the Air Force in um, just south of London. Really? Oh, well, so mind. now that's a time zone away from you, or is that the same time zone as long? No, the same time zone. No, no, they keep they keep us all the same. Although, I mean, technically speaking, where I am is is nineteen minutes uh, behind Greenwich Mean Time. But uh, oh. but when it comes to from here to America, well, I'm in the future. <laughs> you are. You have yet to come. <laughs> <laughs> and we hope to get there, by the way, um, well, which, which would be really good if we, if we manage to make it to tomorrow. Well, excellent. I welcome you here any time at all. And uh, yeah, you, you can buy the first round. <laughs> I'll, I'll buy the first round and second round. And, and I'll even buy the third round if you'll introduce me to Sir Paul. Uh, that's you. <laughs> it's okay. Lovely. Oh. It's been an absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed this evening. It's been lovely. Well, I I couldn't I couldn't be prouder to have known you, and and this has been so much fun. I really really appreciate it. And so now, uh, with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna bid myself adieu so that and we honor our time together, and you can have a chance to maybe at least get a few hours of of nap before you've got to go uh, to your busy journey, which you're going to be doing something tomorrow. Yes, good. Right. So thank you very much again, Simon McDonald. Get his children's book that he authored and also um, illustrated, A Rhyme in Time. And it's, it's really suitable for all ages. And you'll get a big, as big a kick out of it as your kids will. And read to your children and grandchildren. That would be a, a great a great thing for you to have for every time they come over to your house, you've got a rhyme in time and you can read some poems to them. Wouldn't that be fun? That's right. Don't let the grandkids take it away. Then you'll get more enjoyment out of reading it in peace on your own as well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Again, thank you so much, Simon. It's been such a pleasure. It's been a, my, my honor and my pleasure to be with you tonight. Thank you very much. And if you'll wait right there, I've got to do this and I'll be right back. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember... Be kind to one another because 